Welcome to Elevate. If you guys can't tell, I'm a little bit fired up for about tonight. Um, really excited with what we've got to share with you. And my voice is a little bit sore, so if you hear a voice crack or two, I apologize profusely because that is, it, nobody wants to hear that. So I've got some water up here. I may need to take some drinks now and then, but you guys don't care. So, okay, we're going to continue on the service. I have asked my friend Cam back there. He's going to come up and help us do our ritual. Let's give him a round of applause, you guys. He's coming up. Here he comes. All right. Count us down. Three, two, one. Whoa, everybody did it at the same time. That was great. All right, give him a round of applause, guys. He did good. I really, I really need to stop. I really need to stop asking you guys to give applauses right after you open the can of pop. I'm realizing this doesn't work. This does, just does not work. All right. Okay, before we begin, I just want to say real quick, Thanksgiving week is like two weeks away somehow. I know, it's really cool. Two weeks from tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. It's pretty insane. Two weeks from tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. Check the calendar. He's looking at the calendar. He's going to see if I'm right or wrong. Two weeks from tomorrow is not Christmas. It's correct. Yeah, Thanksgiving is two weeks from tomorrow. That's what I thought. Thanks, thanks for the fact checker there. I'm, I'm glad. See, yeah, I, I need you guys to do that as I read scripture as well. Fact check me. Go for it. Like, you know, maybe I'll throw up a fake reference up there and see if you guys catch it sometime. Okay, but, okay, what I was saying was there's Thanksgiving, two weeks from tomorrow. Thanksgiving week, we're not going to have Elevate that week. Just to let you guys know, I know, but I'm going to be hanging out with family and eating turkey and mashed potatoes and stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be here, and I don't want you guys here either, because you guys need to be celebrating Thanksgiving as well. So that is Wednesday, November 24th, no Elevate. And I don't think that's a Tribes week either, but if it is, there's no Tribes that week either. So um, two weeks from today, there's no Elevate. So next week, we're going to be wrapping up the series, and then we're going to have a week break, and then we're going to start the next series. So yeah, no Elevate, Wednesday, November 24th, yeah. The next series, it is a surprise. It is a surprise. It is a surprise. So, okay, speaking of the next month, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Christmas gifts. How many of you guys have received a gift from somebody that you really didn't like or want the gift, but you couldn't tell them? <laughs> Almost everybody in this room, you received a gift that you didn't ask for, but you got Anyways, and so I just want to say, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. I'm in the next phase of my life now. Um, my, uh, my wife's pregnant with our first, and so I'm kind of entering dad status now. And I'm, going to, I'm at this stage in my life where I'm going to start receiving plier sets for Christmas. And I'm not necessarily looking forward to that. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to get a power drill or a plier set or maybe like a weird five-in-one screwdriver or something. It's going to happen at some point, and I'm not necessarily looking forward to that. But I guess that's what happens when you move out of the house, you get married, you reach dad status, you start getting some pliers sets, eventually you're going to want a circular saw, and like all this stuff that you don't necessarily want, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be getting pliers sets when, you know, a couple years ago I was asking for Mario Brothers, and it's just like, I don't know what to do with that, but I want to ask, what is the worst gift you have ever gotten? Who wants to, who wants to throw something out there? What is the worst gift you have ever received? Yeah. 
Socks. I've received socks. Yeah. Like a cardigan for your great aunt or from? Oh, okay. I thought you got a gift that was for somebody else. Yeah. Hand-me-downs. Those aren't fun. They didn't even spend money. Way back there. A what? Oh, underwear? <laughs> Paw Patrol? What? <laughs> Paw Patrol underwear? I thought you said a box, but you said Paw Patrol. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> a Troll's art kit. Troll's art kit. So I think we've all received gifts we didn't like, but what's the thing you say when somebody gives you a gift even though you didn't want it? Thank you. That's right. We say thank you even though we didn't necessarily want the gift. So, you know, I, one of the, I would say, if I had to answer that question, one of the worst gifts I've ever gotten was kind of what I talked about before, but it was a foldable Allen wrench set. You know, I'm sure a lot of you guys here don't even know what that is. A foldable Allen wrench set, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not going to try to describe it. But I got, it's just a bunch of little wrenches that are like little tubes or whatever, and I like kind of just got that gift a couple years ago, threw it in the closet, didn't think about it, and one day, a few months ago, our garbage disposal in our apartment broke, and if you guys, I know you guys don't own sinks yet, but if you do and your garbage disposal breaks and there's a bunch of rice and chicken in the garbage disposal that starts coming up, that's when panic level starts to happen, right? Because for me, smell, the smell of my house is so important. And at that time, the house smelled like rotting chicken and rice. That is not a fun time. So I didn't want to wait for a repairman to come because that would take a couple weeks. And so I started looking up remedies for this garbage disposal. And I quickly found out that if you have an Allen wrench set, you can go into the bottom and just jiggle it around and it fixes it. So I found, dug it out of the closet, put the Allen wrench in there, just jiggled it around and immediately all the water started going down. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy right now. <laughs> I, I know, but that's what happens when you get older. You guys are going to start relating with me soon. Some of you older guys especially, it's just what happens. But sometimes you get a gift you don't necessarily want, but I don't know. It can turn out to be useful later. And so tonight I want to talk about gifts that God gives us. So we get, you know, we get a variety of sources of gifts. We get them from family, from friends, from whoever. But God gives us gifts as well. And I'm going to pull up a scripture, First Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, I am always thanking my God for you because he has given us such free and open access to his grace through your union with Jesus the Messiah. In him, you have been made extravagantly rich in every way. You have been endowed with a wealth of inspired utterance and riches that come from your intimate knowledge of him. He's just kind of going on and on about all the gifts that God has given us. For the reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. So now you aren't lacking, what's that word? Any spiritual gift. I said, the, I emphasized the wrong word in my notes. Any spiritual gift, you guys are right. Any spiritual gift as you eagerly await the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And so this passage is saying, you have been gifted with spiritual gifts that come from above, they come from God. But here's the question I want us to explore tonight is what are the spiritual gifts that God has given us? What do they look like? What, I, I know um, some of us here, we're familiar with the topic of spiritual gifts, but others of us, we may never have heard of that 
before. So what are the spiritual gifts that God has given us? And we're going to be exploring that tonight. But before we get any further, I want to take some time and just pray real fast, and then we'll continue. So, Father, I thank you for this opportunity we have to learn more about the grace you have given us. I just ask that we just have open hearts, and we are just ready to receive the words you have to give to us. In Jesus' name, everybody sit. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm not going to make anybody come up here and answer, but just by a show of hands, who here is familiar with the topic of spiritual gifts? Just raise your hand. Okay, we've got some sortas, some hands, a lot of, a lot of no hands. Um, and who here has seen some of the spiritual gifts in action before? Seen some gifts in action, all right. And who here has uh, used a spiritual gift before? Just raise your hand. Okay. So it kind of got increasingly less as we went on. And so before we get any further in this message about spiritual gifts, I believe it's important that we define what a spiritual gift is, right? I don't want to just keep using, like, you know, big Christianese words and just expect everybody to follow along. But I want to take some time and get back to the basics of what a spiritual gift is. And what I found, I did some research, I read some commentaries, I looked through the Bible, and I came up with a quick, simple de definition of a spiritual gift. And so here's, here's, the, here's what I want everyone to catch here tonight. Here's the main point that we're going to build off of for the rest of the evening. And it's this, spiritual gifts are from God, through people, and for people. Spiritual gifts come from God. They have God's power in them. They are powered by God. They go through people. They go through his people. So God doesn't just act on his own. He uses people. And they are for people. They're not for us. They're not for um, making us look spiritual and look cool. But they are for his people. And at uh, Journey Church, the church that uh, is over Elevate, Journey Church, there is a class we do called Discover the Journey, which is kind of a new believers type class. If you're looking to get a membership at, uh, looking to just partner with Journey. And there is a section where Pastor Sean talks about spiritual gifts. And he says a lot of people think that, you know, like leadership or volunteering or whatever is a spiritual gift. But he challenges us and says that if you could do it before you were saved, before you were filled with the Spirit, then it's not a spiritual gift. If you could lead before you were saved, then leadership, is, that's not a spiritual gift for you because you didn't need the, the spiritual to do it, right? You didn't need the supernatural to do it. It was a natural gift. And again, that's not to say God didn't put that in us when we were born, but that's not what we're talking about here tonight. So we're going to break down exactly what we're talking about here. And the first point is this. It's spiritual gifts are from God. Spiritual gifts, they are from God. Because before we get into the gifts, we need to know who the gift giver is. And once we can figure out who the gift giver is and what he's like and what he does, then I think we can pull back and kind of see the overall mission of uh, spiritual gifts. And to do that, we're going to pull up some key passages from the Bible to help us understand who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, and, what we, and how we can use spiritual gifts. So I'm going to pull up Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the what? Holy Spirit. I want to make sure I emphasize the right words this time. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we're going to learn more about who the Holy Spirit is tonight. 
And to do that, I've got a Bible project video for you guys. It's about three minutes long. So let's learn about who the Holy Spirit is. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's spirit? Yeah, so the spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy, how so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right, wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. So you feel that inside you? Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply, that too is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. The story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's spirit. And so today, the spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. All right, it's rah, rah, I can't say it. 
I tried, I tried before. But yeah, the Holy Spirit. And that is, the Holy Spirit, just to give you guys some background, I didn't touch it on it in the video, but the Holy Spirit is part of the Holy Trinity. It's like, you know, they got a whole holy branding going on. But the Holy Spirit is part of the Holy Trinity. We've got God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit isn't just God's breath, but it is God himself, just like Jesus is also God, and just like the Father is also God. I know it's, I, I've never been able to wrap my mind fully around it, but the Holy Spirit, all we need to know now is the Holy Spirit is God. And so God's power, the Holy Spirit's power, you know, in Acts chapter 1, if we go back to that, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon you. And, and so to, to, uh, some of you guys may be wondering, well, how does the Holy Spirit come upon me when God and the, God's Spirit is everywhere at the same time? Right? You know, I don't know if you've ever wondered that before, but how can the Holy Spirit come upon somebody if God is everywhere and he's already in that person? And so isn't the Holy Spirit everywhere? And so the answer to that is yes, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. God is everywhere. The, the word for that is omnipresent. He is present everywhere simultaneously. But the important uh, difference to realize is just because God is everywhere does not mean he is manifesting his presence. He's not manifesting his presence everywhere at the same time. And the definition of manifest is to, is to make something clear or obvious to the eye or the mind. And so that's, that's all that word means. That's all manifesting means is to make something clear or obvious to the mind or the eye. And an example I've heard of this before is imagine right now in this room, in this crowd, there is a billionaire among us. I'm just waiting to see if any billionaires want to stand up. But right now in this crowd, just imagine that there is a billionaire among us right now, but we don't know who they are. We don't know which one of you guys is the billionaire. But they're here somewhere. One of us here is the billionaire. Okay, so we got that. We don't know who it is, but one of us is the billionaire. Now imagine if the billionaire stood up and did something only the billionaire could do, which is give everybody in this room $1 million. I'm going to give another second or two for a billionaire to stand up. Okay, no. But a billionaire, so first of all, we knew that the billionaire was in the room because I told you that I knew the billionaire was in the room, and I told you guys the billionaire was in the room, and you, do, you knew that because I told you it was. But then the billionaire, what did they do? They manifested their presence by giving, doing something only the billionaire could do and making it clear and obvious to the mind or the eye that the billionaire was in the room. And God is the same way. God is everywhere. You know, we hear that from the Bible. We hear that from God himself. We hear that from pastors all the time. But God is everywhere. And when God manifests his presence, he does something that only God can do. And a lot of times that's, that's, a def, that's how we can explain it to people who ask, well, isn't God everywhere? How can he be somewhere more, basically? How can he be somewhere more than he is other places? And that's because in that moment, God is deciding to manifest his presence and do the things that only he can do to make it clear and obvious to the mind or the eye that God is there. And so since God created the entire universe, he created the laws of nature. He created the laws of physics and thermodynamics and all of those things. He created those things. And so he is actually above the laws of nature, right? He is above the laws of physics and all of that. 
And there are many, many, many times in the Bible where something happened where the laws of our universe just broke in that moment. Where things happened that should not have happened according to the universe. Because what happened? The Holy Spirit, God, he manifested his presence and did something that only he could do. And, how, and he did that by, filling, by, allow, by people allowing him to fill them up and to become God's people. And they, God used them to fulfill his work and to manifest his presence. You know, in the Bible, we see, we see Jesus walk on water. Right? That, that, that shouldn't happen in nature. We see Moses, he parted the Red Sea. Obviously, we know Moses didn't do it, but God did it through Moses. We see the apostles, they walked around, they healed people, they healed lame people, they healed blind people. They, the, uh, we, the apostles actually raised people from the dead. Again, that shouldn't have happened. The laws of nature says that can't happen. We see prophecies being made that came true. People shouldn't be able to know what happens in a very specific way. We see people have supernatural knowledge about other people or about situations that they had no idea, they had no way of knowing that was the case. And so this is because God is outside of those laws. He's outside of time. He's outside of the universe. And when he decides to manifest his presence and do something that only he can do, he makes it clear and obvious that he is God. And he does things that only he can do. And so we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 12. And 1 Corinthians 12 kind of lists, has a list of th certain things of how God can manifest his presence through us. I don't believe this is an exhaustive list, but I believe a lot of things fall under that. So 1 Corinthians 12, it says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And he's just saying in this little introduction that, hey, there, there are different kind of gifts. They might look differently from one person to the next or one time to the next, but it's the same God at work. It's the same Spirit inside of them doing that work. And here he's going to list just a few things. It says, to one there is given, uh, given through the Spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between the spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of the tongues. All these at work, of all these are the work of one and the same spirit who distributes them to each one just as he determines. And spiritual gifts, they are from God. And again, they can take a form of many different ways. I'm not going to go into, I don't have time to go into all the details of, different, of the different gifts and how they work. Um, we probably will at some point in the future. But just know that they are from God. So that's point number one. They are from God. Number two, spiritual gifts are through people. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense grammatically. But God uses people to manifest his presence in. You know, the, the, I, I said this last week, but... Our father is crazy about people. Have you guys ever, do you guys know a friend or maybe you know a friend of a friend, but they are just obsessed with just hanging out with people all the time. Does anybody know anybody like that? Okay. They are just obsessed. Maybe that's you. Maybe some of you guys remember, yeah, that's me. But maybe you guys are just obsessed with hanging out to people all the time. They're always wanting to go to Sonic or Dairy Queen or the movies or the skate park or the park or whatever that looks like. They are just obsessed with hanging out with people and there's just some people here, some people in life, 
just, just hang out with people all the time, and they're just loving it the entire time. I would say I'm not in the exact same boat, but there are definitely times where I'm just obsessed with hanging out with people. And it's like, I got to hang out with people. But the thing is, if, if you can't get somebody to hang out with you, how many of you guys know it's kind of lame to just do it by yourself, right? Like, has anybody here ever gone to a movie by themselves? Anybody on another? Might be a couple, couple hands. Okay, gone to a movie by yourself. What about a fancy sit-down restaurant by yourself? Anybody? Oh, we got a couple. Okay, fancy sit-down restaurant by yourself, and without other people, it's just not the same, right? Like, there's some things you need other people for that it's just not the same. It's almost like it feels wrong. And I like to think that God is the same way. You know, God, he's got all these great ideas. He's got all these big plans. He's got the people he wants to heal. He's got, he wants to give a knowledge uh, to all these people, and he wants to help them in their situation. But God, he's like that friend. He's obsessed. He's crazy about people. And to him, it's not fun to just do it by himself, even though we know he can. But he's, he's, he's uh, purposely limiting himself so that he needs us. He's purposely needing He's purposely limiting himself so that he needs us to do his work. And it's crazy because we have an incredible part to play in God's master plan, right? We have an incredible part. It's such an honor because God has chosen, uh, he's chosen to involve us in his work. And I think we forget how much of an honor that is sometimes. Because God, he could just, he created the universe. He could fix it, right? But he chose to limit himself so that we could be a part of it. And that's the same true with his presence. Like, of course, God could just manifest his presence whenever, wherever he wanted to do that. But God's like, no, it's not the same without people. It's not the same without my children. It's not the same without the people I created to partner with me. And so more times than not, God is choosing to manifest his presence through a person. And throughout Jesus' ministry and the apostles' ministry, They were constantly having that experience where the Bible specifically mentions many times that they laid hands on somebody and they were healed and they laid hands on the sick and they were healed and they laid hands on people and they prophesied in God's name. They laid hands on people and they were filled with the spirit that many times God used the apostles to do his work when God could have just done it himself. And we just see that play out in Acts chapter 19. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And uh, long story short, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to read it all, but Paul at the end, he places his hands on them and he says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they prophesied. That God used Paul to do his work. So number one is the, the, whole, the spiritual gifts, they are from people and then they are through people. And point number three is this, spiritual gifts are for people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? Common good. There we go. I was making sure I had to emphasize. It's given for the common good. And again, we see that through the entire Bible, that the gifts are for the common good. They are for people. They are for edifying people, for encouraging people, for giving peace, for giving uh, joy in situations, for speaking life into things, you know. And so spiritual gifts, they are for people. And they're not for us. They're for us through other people. But a lot of the time, spiritual gifts, when we, get, when we have a spiritual gift or we use that gift, it's not about us. It's about other people. 
And that goes with our natural gifts as well. That if you believe you have a natural gift of leadership or a natural gift of serving, whatever, that's not about you. That's not about glorifying you or magnifying yourself, but it's in fact the opposite. It's to magnify God, to magnify other people, to encourage other people, and to not abuse that power. Spiritual gifts, they exist to edify and encourage the church. So I'm going to rapid fire just three quick things that spiritual, how spiritual gifts can help people. And spiritual gifts, they bring unity. Spiritual gifts bring unity. You know, I want to say that if someone has given you a word of prophecy or a knowledge that doesn't bring peace or encouragement from God, maybe it brought um, maybe anxiety or panic or nervousness, whatever that looked like. If someone said, hey, I have a word from God for you, and just know you're in danger because you sinned a lot. That's not from God. Because God's presence, God's spirit, the fruit of his spirit are peace, love, joy, kindness, all those things. That God's spirit doesn't bring division in his church. You know, it, it, whatever, I can't exactly think of an example right now, but if someone gives you a word of knowledge or say, hey, God told me that you need to tell that person off. You know, I know that's a bad example, but God will never ask you to do something that purposely drives division in people. That God won't uh, give you a word for somebody that drives somebody to not have a peaceful or joyful um, response that he's looking for. So spiritual gifts, they don't bring division, but they bring unity. And again, that doesn't mean that God's not going to challenge us through other people. That doesn't mean he's not going to tell us something we don't want to hear. All that's saying is that God's spirit brings peace. And so I've had, I don't know about you, but I've had words given to me that necessarily it wasn't what I wanted to hear, but I had peace knowing that's God's plan. And so God's spirit always brings peace. So number two is spiritual gifts put the attention on God, not the person. Spiritual gifts put the attention on God and not the user, not the person. And so if, some, if you see somebody using a spiritual gift, or at least what looks like a spiritual gift, and they are just driving all the focus, all the attention on themselves, that, that, that is abusing the spiritual gift. If you use that gift just to drive attention to yourself, that is not a good thing. That's not what God wants to do. That's a major red flag. Everything we do should be an arrow pointing back to our creator whether that's through spiritual gifts, whether it's through natural gifts, whether that's just through activities, whatever that looks like, you should be pointing back to our creator. And the last thing I want to hit on tonight is spiritual and gifts infuse the situation with God's love. Spiritual gifts infuse situations with God's love, whether it's healing, whether it's a, a prophetic word or a word of knowledge, they infuse situations with God's love. And so I want to invite the worship team to come back up as we close here. And I just want to share with you just a couple, just like a different scenario or situation where I've had a, uh, a word of knowledge spoken over me and it's brought peace to my life. And I just want to say like every time a word of knowledge or a prophetic word has been shared with me, it just infused my life and just reassured me with the love and the peace that God has for me. And when God moves up, moves and shows himself and manifest his presence, it shouldn't be a scary or uncomfortable thing. Because again, God, it's God's power plus our yes is a spiritual gift. It is never, ever, ever God's power without our yes in a spiritual gift. There is never a time where that happens. If you believe that's happened to you, I just want to say that's not God. 
God will never, ever do something without your permission. And it's just crazy to think that we have that a power to say, say no to God. And the fact is we do that on a regular basis. I think a lot of us will find that we do that more than often. But I just want to say it's never, ever, ever God's power plus our no. He will not move. He will not move if he, if he doesn't have a yes. But when you give him that yes and you have that leaning and you say yes to God, then it is not a scary or uncomfortable thing, but it's in fact a wonderful, amazing thing that can happen. And they are used for other people to encourage the church or to have somebody, watch someone get healed or to give someone a word in a situation where they're really in a tight spot and they needed to hear from God. Sometimes God will tell that person the answer, but more times than not, God's going to use somebody else to tell them that word. And how crazy, how crazy wonderful it is to be that person, to be the messenger from God. Um, I want us all to stand up right now. And again, we're going to use this time. We're going to respond to this message. I want to read you this scripture in John 14. It says, all this I've spoken while still with you. This is Jesus talking, by the way. Jesus, he's about to ascend to heaven and uh, he's about to leave them. And he said, I've spoken to this while I was with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled and don't be afraid. God is saying right now, hey, I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send an advocate once I leave. Once Jesus leaves, I'm going to send somebody that's greater than I am because I'm only here on earth in the natural. And you can, my presence is only wherever I'm at. But once I leave, I can send the Holy Spirit and his presence will be everywhere. Right now, the Holy Spirit is manifesting his presence in so many different locations around the world in this moment. And it is, bringing, it is actively bringing unity, peace, joy, breakthrough in people's lives actively around the world right now which is so much greater than the effect that Jesus did while he was on the earth, because he can only be in one place at one time during that time. But it's so much better that we have the Holy Spirit on earth. You know, I think a lot of us, we think, oh, I wish Jesus was here. What would Jesus say on Twitter? What would, how, who would we vote for? What would he do? Like uh, mask or no mask, all these things. But oftentimes we have the Holy Spirit with us. We have Jesus with us. Or we have, yeah, we have Jesus with us through the Holy Spirit who can guide us, give us answers to the knowledge and bring peace and bring love and bring unity. That is so much better now that Jesus, now the Holy Spirit is with us. And so right now, I just want everyone, we're just gonna bow our heads, close our eyes. You know, I think for a lot of us here, this is a, this is a very new topic and maybe it's an uncomfortable one. Maybe you've heard it before and maybe there's uh, bad experiences associated with this, but. In situations like this, I always want to say, go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. There are always going to be people that will hurt us. There are always going to be people that will misuse the scriptures for their own doing. But we need to go back to the basics. Go back to the Bible. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give us power. The Holy Spirit will give us power that brings peace to people. You don't know which one of your friends or coworkers or uh, fellow classmates, you don't know who's going through a tough time and they just need a word from God. And we want to be available to be able to give that word and be that messenger of peace.
to be the deliverer, deliverer of peace to them. So right now, Holy Spirit, I just want us to be open right now. Holy Spirit, I just want you to fill our lives and just manifest your presence right now inside of us. You know, a lot of times it, it's important to do something in the natural to signify what's happening or going to happen in the spiritual. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit right now, I just want you to just reach out your hands as if you're about to receive a gift. Because that's what it is. It's a gift from God. Again, it's, it's okay if you're uncomfortable with it right now, but... Again, he's never going to do something without our permission. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just fill us up, that you just give us peace, give us joy, give us new life, give us peace that passes understanding. That's not as the world gives us peace, but it's something different, it's something better. So, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just fill us up with your peace and fill us up with your spiritual gifts that can give us a word of knowledge for somebody or give us a a prophetic vision that somebody needs right now, whatever that looks like, God, I'm not going to define it for you. But Holy Spirit, ask that you fill us up and we just keep our hearts open or our minds open. That it's through this divine power that we can tear down those strongholds that we talked about earlier. So during this song, I just want to ask that we just seek God. We seek the face of God and we seek the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.